1: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 393. I had a holiday party last night, Scott, and I'm um, in the basement of Leanne's parents' house. And then we, we got on to record this morning, realized, as usual, we're wearing the exact same thing. This happens when we own 50 of the same t-shirt and sweatshirt.
2: Yeah, the uh, the sweatshirts are, are phenomenal. I pretty much don't take it off right now. If you uh, If you have not gone to the fan shop and seen the new hoodies... I've worn them in the past. Andrew's worn it. Uh, but they've got the, uh, I'm like extremely excited about these because I modeled them after like the 1980s, 1990s starter jackets. And you have the cuffs with the, you know, the stripes on them and then the bottom waistband with the stripes and then pinstripes inside the hood, baby. Uh, they're warm. They're comfortable. They're fleeced. They're fantastic.
1: They're modeled in in look after those, but they don't have that classic 90s puff to them which is a good thing they're not you know yeah, they not nylon you know that has how those jackets like they would be tighter around the wrist tighter around the waist and then it was just poofy in the middle everywhere else like like george costanza's uh poofy jacket yeah that's what they kind of some like. of them
2: well the vinyl the uh the ones that were nylon uh and and some of them were vinyl would have that sheen obviously and it would puff out a little bit more i love those jackets too i got one and i that's my <laughs> playoff jacket though that's like specifically for the playoffs
1: yeah yeah, too bad it didn't bring better luck this year. It's all good. How you doing? Uh, good. It's been you know, i like I said last week, I've been sick since uh since I got married, and I, I kind of got over the cold, but then back pain set in. So I don't know what's going on <laughs> with me. I think I've aged fifty years in the last two months.
2: Yeah, I think you're older than I am now. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how that happened. You leapfrogged me because I'm accelerating. My yeah. back feels fantastic. Um, what are you doing? What am I? Nothing. I do nothing. <laughs> 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 I do have some. Maybe, I sit maybe at a desk. I sit at a desk. Well, that's terrible. I know it's really bad, but I, occasionally I'll, I'll lay on the floor and, and like stretch out, you know, just to just to get the back stretch. I'll do some yoga poses by myself in my office, um, just to stretch my back out. But yeah, that's it. No, I don't really do much. I, I should do more. It's pretty bad that I haven't gone to the gym in like a year. But you know, New Year's resolutions coming up, right? So mm-hmm. let me let me go uh, join the herd and get back into the gym.
1: No better time to lie to yourself than the end of December. That's right.
2: But uh, no, it's it's the uh, other than that, it's Kemp and yard work, so it's just like everyday stuff, and Kemp right. keeps me very busy I'm running around like a crazy person. So I'm trying to chase him, and it's,
1: and- it's that, and it's refreshing Twitter to find out if Garrett Cole has signed yet. Yeah, because there's starting to be a lot of smoke. The free agent market. Like two weeks ago, we mentioned how oh another slow free agent market, and it's kind of picked up since then. And it really actually I'm hasn't like,
2: been that slow. It's been relatively. No, it's been consistent. pretty good. Yeah.
1: It's been what I think a free agent market should be when there's good players on the free agent market and there's teams with money, good teams who are contending for the playoffs, signing good players. I mean, this is how free agency in sports should be. The last couple of years has been weird. It's it's uh, as we've said, what happened with Machado and um, Bryce Harper and Harper and guys signing into not signed into into spring training, even into the season. That's not good for baseball.
2: No, I, I, you know, I think there's some element of having the, um, the, the stud pitchers as well. I think they're just more valued as, than than the position players, and I, there was such a market out there that Bryce Harper, and Machado were like ping ponging off of each other. And this year, Garrett Cole is clearly the guy, even though Strasburg's out there. It's it's clearly uh, Garrett Cole who's going to get the massive contract and is the guy that everybody wants. So, it's not as, um, I don't know, it's not as competitive at the top, I guess. Whereas last year, it seemed like there were a lot of different teams involved and, and, you know, because, because also the contracts are longer, I mean, they're more, they're more money at the end, but they're longer. You can kind of spread it out a little bit. Whereas pitchers, we've talked about this, like it's, you, we look at precedent and things, the, the pitchers have only gone to seven years. That eighth year hasn't happened yet. So whether it happens this year or not, it would be, if it does happen, it would be monumental because it would be a breakthrough for, for the pitching market um, as far as the, the duration of the contracts. But You know, it's just it's a different type of uh, negotiation, I think. And when you have a a guy like Garrett Cole, it's it's important. You made a good point about
1: pitcher versus position player because not everyone is in the market for a right fielder, but pretty much everyone who can afford it is in the market for another starting pitcher, another good starting pitcher, because you just add that person to your rotation. If you don't have an opening in right field or you don't have an opening at third base, you're not going to really be in the market for Machado or for Harper.
2: Yeah, I mean, but you could create. I mean you could create positions. It's harder it's harder to, to
1: do that though to your team. Yeah. It's a lot easier to justify just saying, Well, we're gonna add the starting pitcher and it doesn't matter that we already have four good starting pitchers because
2: adding another good starting pitcher is smart. Well, and I think that this year because Garrett Cole is just very clearly the guy and, and the one guy, whereas last year there was a you know, a large They're debate calling him the best free ever. agent
1: pitcher ever. I don't know if that's just hyperbole or if that's just recency bias as society tends to be, do you agree with that though? I heard that. I'm like, yeah, I, obviously he's good and he's in the prime of his career and he's coming off two of the best seasons we've ever seen, but is he the best free agent pitcher ever? Well, I mean, because I,
2: I, I have a, I have a hard time. I always have a hard time going between eras anyway. So when you talk about different types of players and different times when they play, it's just, for me, it's like, you got to take them within their within their range of when they played, and then you know make comparisons to other people. So when you see that, let's if you pick the last ten years, uh, then yeah, he's he's right up there. I mean, you know, you could probably I mean maybe could, he's the you best. You could certainly since, make
1: a case. Is he the best since Sabathia? Possibly, ten years
2: ago. Yeah, I think Sabathia is right up there with with what he was. So CC came off of freaking hot as shit too because he came off of that um, that Milwaukee run where he was going out there every day. And it was a different type of thing where guys were, where teams were looking for and fans, I think, were looking at, at some of these guys differently. When we saw CC in Milwaukee, go and just lay his body on the line like he was that was super. Hu- it was he was superhuman. Yeah, like it was everybody it was respected fake. that.
1: It was fake what he was doing because it's like every time you turned on Sports Center, he was starting and pitching another complete game. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So he, even though I went back and looked at it, it was three times he pitched on short rest at the end of the season. Yeah, and. He pitched two of them, I believe, were complete games. One of them was actually not that great of a start. And then he started on short rest again in the playoffs and got hit.
2: But, but the fact that he went even, out there is the is the Exactly.
1: Reason. The fact that he did it. That's, what's isn't it, so that's funny what, what people, sticks with. Isn't it so funny what people respect and, and yeah. what fans will respect? They, dude, they want
2: you, Fans want a workman. They want a workman attitude. They don't want you to go up there and understand. Everybody knows that you're getting paid a boatload of money. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to see it. Everybody wants to see that that laborer, that, that guy who you know, the, the blue collar guy who go out there and grind. And that's that's what fans will will always go to. Always. Mm-hmm. You'll win the fans yeah. over if you are if you have that blue collar attitude. And uh and and that's what you CC fight, really showed.
1: If you fight through injuries yeah. or, or anything like that, even if you don't succeed, they'll respect yes. you. Yes. Yes. Oh.
2: So that's why also there's 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 a bit of of being very normal in this uh, that people respect. If you go out there and you're not good, but you own up to it, people will respect that. If you go out there and you're hurt and you play through it, people respect that. It's when you come off and you don't acknowledge what's actually happening or you act like a sissy and say, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm, uh," you know, pull a Jose Reyes and say, going for the batting title and sitting out. Like, no, that does not get respected. Like that is the type of thing. That, that will go down and be a, uh, one of those points of uh, uh, of people's memory, because that's what I remember Jose Reyes. That's what I remember Jose Reyes for.
1: A guy like Sabathia, or you know, some some athlete that's also done that, they need to write a book or just like get a seminar going for all young players coming up. It's like follow these ten rules about being accountable and being being uh, likable. And you'll be fine in your career. Yeah. But so many people just go spit in the face of it and do the complete opposite douchebag thing and people hate them for it.
2: Yes. And but those are the guys that don't care because that's what they are. So, yeah, it's, it really comes down to your personality, how you were brought up, you know, how you go about the different things. There's a lot of elements in this. You want to talk. I know we're going to talk about uh, psychology later in the show, but that's, yeah, that's
1: where we'd be going into the, the psych portion of the podcast. First, let's uh, talk about some events Coming up, March 14th, we're almost sold out of spring training tickets. That happened fast.
2: We are sold out of spring training tickets right now. Awesome. So we uh, we don't have – I took them off the site because I can't control inventory when there's different sizes as, as easily. So I, I have them pulled uh, because if someone came in and swooped up 10 tickets, we'd be in trouble. Uh, but I am talking to the, the, um, the club on Monday, and I'm hoping that they have a few more extra tickets. I know that they had maybe 50 left uh, last time I talked to them, so – just depending on how much, what their inventory is like, because it's a, it's a controlled area, so they only have X amount of tickets. So um, we'll see. I may be able to open that back up on Monday. But, yeah, we're, we're right at 100 tickets right now. So um, I, I, couldn't get a, I couldn't get a hold of the guys on Friday to, to finalize how many they had.
1: You know, obviously we hopefully get more tickets, and we, you know, I think it is a great deal to come for the open bar, open food, hang out with, with Bronx Pinstripes crew. But if you're just going to be down there, We've, we're going to have other things going on yeah, than just the game event, definitely. Which you're more than welcome to come to. More information to follow on that. It's going to be things outside of the stadium. Yeah, we're planning on an after Saturday. party. We're planning an after planning an party after for Saturday. Saturday. So, if you're going to be down there, or if you aren't able to get tickets through us and you want to find tickets elsewhere, go down there that weekend. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. It's St. Paddy's Day weekend. It's the the back to back home games or back to back to back home games, which yeah, three in a row for whatever reason is hard to find in spring training. So
2: gonna be a good weekend yeah i'm looking forward to it. it's gonna be a lot of fun we'll all get fried <laughs>
1: uh what are the other uh, uh other yeah so events? the uh the
2: um, regular season stuff we got going on right now um two of them at the end uh we have dates uh not not totally planned out as far as uh what we're gonna be doing on them but the the dates are pretty much set for the entire season so may 9th is red sox saturday game that one is uh is set in stone that one's good to go that's a saturday red sox game that doesn't Yankees don't ever give up those Saturday games for groups, so uh, that's a big deal that we were able to get that one. So put that on your calendar. June thirteenth, this one's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. It's something a little different. And we're gonna we're gonna really make this price pretty aggressive. um but it's gonna be we're we're taking a group. We're all gonna meet up in Trenton and go to a thunder game on June thirteenth. It's a Saturday night game. And it's gonna be a little different. We're gonna be able to have a uh, a tailgate in a parking lot. We're going to be able to, um, we're all going to sit together in one section uh, at the Trenton game. We are looking at different opportunities for uh, the t-shirt or maybe even a little bit more than a t-shirt for what we're going to be doing for the event itself. Everybody from our group is going to be the pool from where they pull all the um, the people who play the the in in game between inning uh, like races and stuff like that. Like
1: that seems dirty. The
2: dizzy beat. That's all right. The dizzy <laughs> the dizzy bat race and all that stuff. Like th- we're going to be uh, included on that stuff, and um, so we're going to be involved in the game itself. And we're doing a meet and greet with rookie either before or after the game, and then after the game we're going to go and take a big picture on the field. Uh, at, at Trenton too. So that one's, that one's going to be a lot of fun and very different. So if you are, uh, it, it's going to be more of a family atmosphere too. So if you have, um, you know, if you have young kids, like this is something that you can bring them out to, it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, that one's June 19th, Trenton Thunder game, June 13th, I'm sorry. June 13th, uh, Trenton Thunder game, June
1: 19th is my birthday. C- Happy birthday. Is that why you said it? Subcon- yeah, it must've been. That must was be. like, I know this date. Yeah, yeah, important. that must've
2: been it. It must've been it. June 13th is the event though. We'll have all these up on the website, um, very soon. And then June 26th is the Cubs game. That one's a Friday night premier game. Uh, again, that one's going to be a blast just because the Cubs are coming into town, and that doesn't happen very often. Uh, the next two are July 25th. This is going to be our second game against the Red Sox, which is awesome. That's we've never done that before. Um, also, second Saturday game for the Red Sox, so that's a prime time July 25 Saturday, probably a night game. Like that one's going to be uh, awesome as well. So
1: it's at least going to be a four o'clock. Yeah. it's either going to be like the four o'clock Fox game. Or 7 o'clock, Foxy. It's not going to be on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. No, I cannot
2: imagine. No, they normally don't put those there. So, um, And then the final game will be August 22nd against the Blue Jays, which uh, you know we're going to start putting in more of these Blue Jays games because I think they are going to be one of those teams that are going to be, you know, they're going to be a thorn in our side because they're going to be getting better and better every single year. They have that, yeah, that We saw it at offense. the end of the season. Yeah. So really good games for the entire season. Really good games. And then we have one more uh, event in September, that is not totally set yet, uh, but it will be us traveling on the road. So I we'll get back to you on that one.
1: Oh, shit. Good stuff. All right. All that stuff is uh, on the website or coming on the website soon. Go check it out there. Garrett Cole, we kind of mentioned him before, but so much smoke around the Yankees being the favorites to land Garrett Cole, the Yankees making Garrett Cole top priority. This is... Things we did not hear about past free agents um, CC, in the last we did. couple of years. CC was the last one. No, no I'm saying in the last couple of years because last year everyone wanted the Yankees to either sign Machado or Harper or both. If you're an idiot, but um, Cashman would speak about them and you know the fully operational Death Star and all this stuff, but we didn't hear these direct ties. The Yankees flew to Garrett Cole. They had Cashman, Boone, Matt Blake. Andy Pettit in the meetings with both Cole and Strasburg when last year they're like, yeah, Patrick Corbin, why don't you come into the state? You come to us. No, 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 This year we're going to you. I don't know. Maybe it means nothing. Maybe it means something. There's a
2: little bit of convenience as well that he's on the West Coast and the winter meetings are on the West Coast and, you know. No, but Cashman
1: had to fly back that to the true. East Coast so he could do his building thing. That is true. Which if you guys did not see. He repe- I, his building I,
2: I, thing. He, he repels well, off buildings.
1: Yeah. I, well, he's done it like ten years in a row. Yeah. I ranked the best Cashman outfits. Yeah, I saw for that. that. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's he's kind of. It's
2: funny that the, like that Brian Cashman's the guy that does that because he's so straight lined and just when you when you see him. No, but that he's a hardo though. I know, but when you see him on a, on an everyday basis, like if you're not a Yankees fan and you just see Brian Cashman talking to the media, you wouldn't expect that guy to be the one that repels off buildings in like weird outfits. It's just,
1: I I think it's... Well, he was all business this year, but in the past he's worn like snowsuits, Santa hats,
2: prison mic outfits.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting excited because I really want the Yankees to to sign Garrett Cole. But but I I do think there's a lot of smoke and usually when there's smoke around the Yankees, there's eventually a fire.
2: So it's really interesting, I think, the way that all this stuff is coming out because, yeah, a lot of times, even when they're very involved or want to be involved, they try to keep it tight-lipped. I think that this one they've, they've realized that there's no, there's no hiding this one. Like you're going to have to go out on Garrett Cole. You're going to have to make it. It's going to have to be a public thing, especially the way that the news cycle is today. Everybody's looking for everything. Like I, we literally had, we literally had a, a guy that works for the, the, um, the, uh, airlines, take a picture of Didi in a plane. You know what I mean? Like you're not hiding from anybody. If you're going, unless you're flying corporate or flying uh, private. And even then there's people who are going to be on the, on the runway, seeing you walk in and out. You just don't know. There's no reason to hide things. It's hard to do. So I think that they're being very public with it because why not? The other thing that's kind of like I'm looking at strategy and the way things are happening. I kind of think the Yankees are trying to, um, you know, strong arm some teams here. They're like, we're going all in. This is happening. We are totally focused on that. Know what we're doing. And we're going to go balls out. We will not be denied with cost for, for Garrett Cole. And we're going to tell the entire world that that's happening. So,
1: so there's two sides to that, yeah. right? Because on the one side, what you just outlined, the Yankees can scare teams out of the market before the other teams are actually in the market. Mm-hmm. Because like, well, we're not going to get in a bidding war for Garrett Cole. We're going to lose to the Yankees. Right. When Boris and maybe some Boris cronies who are t- putting out reports that the Yankees are, quote, the top contender for Garrett Cole, that's to drive up the price. Because once you get the Yankees involved... That drives up the price. The
2: thing with him, though, is that the price is already at, as high as it could possibly go. Yeah,
1: it's already going to be a record-setting yeah, contract.
2: Yeah, that's why I don't. I'm not necessarily. I, I think at this point, Cole knows that he's going to get some stupid contract. It's going to be a stupid amount of money. Whether it's going to be the AAV David Price's.
1: So David Price, seven years, two hundred and seventeen million, is the top ever pitching free agent
2: total contract. total contract
1: total value. Yeah for years seven that matches the yeah yeah i I know
2: but i'm saying uh, there's two different ways to look at it the the total bundle or the aav
1: well aav no because we've seen like Granky get 35 but Granky got 34 and change for a shorter time yes total dollars contract 217 million for david price yes
2: garrett cole is going to beat that by i think a healthy margin i think garrett cole this is what i when I was, when we were looking at, we were doing our GM stuff, like the way that we approached this whole deal is that we were going to stay under that, that threshold. And in, in order for us to do that, we couldn't, we couldn't sign cold because for, for what I think he was going to get, like, so we were going off our predictions for all the numbers, the number that I had him in, because I think he is going to get seven years. And I think he's going to go for the top AAV because also not only does um, Zach Granke have 34.2 or three or whatever it is, but Verlander has 33. So when I'm, looking at where Garrett Cole is sitting and Boris is sitting there too, I want the 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 years, seven years, and I want top AAV. And that puts him at 250. two fifty. Yeah. Two fifty thirty five million puts him at two at two fifty, or under two fifty, uh, for seven years. That's kind of where I But see is it.
1: that is that realistic though? Because yes. the only time we've seen thirty mid thirties for AAV is for short term contracts. We've never seen it for more than a, like a two or three. what was Granky's? It was a three year deal. It was an ex- was it, like it a- was an add on, yeah. So it was an add on extension for like two or three years. Yeah. And Verlander's was a two year sixty-six I think million was dollar deal. Yeah. Okay. So three years. We've never seen it for seven years. We've never seen it for a long time at that. But, but at the
2: same time, you're not dealing with those guys who got it. We're not 29 years old. So you're looking at, you're looking at a guy who's like you, we talked about the greatest free agent that has ever lived. Well, it's a perfect, it's a perfect storm yeah. for, for Garrett. I right, mean, right now. the fact that, you know, he, he pitched as well as he did in the playoffs that he came off the season that he was like, what, 26 and 0, some stupid amount since he, he should have won the Cy Young. Y- it's yes. kind of
1: crazy. He didn't win the Cy Young. So
2: that's the other thing. You're looking at where Verlander is, the fact that Verlander won it. Do you think, if I'm him, I want the, the highest AAV. That's what I'm asking for. I want the highest AAV. I want to be the highest paid pitcher in the history of baseball. That's it. Well, he's going to be
1: that even if he doesn't sign for the most AAV because total value. I
2: want AAV and total value. I want seven years so at the highest AAV. So you're looking at $240 plus
1: 250 dollars 245
2: over. is 35
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think and, that's uh, right in the around the area. And I think with what we saw Wheeler's contract get five years, a hundred million, million and eighteen million, twenty three million in change. Yep. That beat projections by sixty four percent.
2: Not my projections.
1: Okay, but but smart people projected and he beat it by sixty four percent. Less
2: smart people apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, you you said six years one uh, one twenty, so twenty million AAV, and it was five years one eighteen. Very Pretty. Close, I mean, but I, I to had to but
2: I had the Corbin contract. The reason I the reason I even went under the Corbin contract was because of I thought potentially the market would put it down a little bit because there was more competition. Well, yeah, he's
1: third pitcher on the market this year, so
2: that's um, that's why I thought marketplace might knock it down but, a little bit. But that's I didn't I didn't see. I'm I'm a big proponent of precedent, I, and I, I actually went off my my so feelings a little bit because I think it's precedent is the strongest thing you can look at.
1: We. We argued about this precedent thing, and I wrote an article about it. And I'm and very I, proud
2: of you, by the way. I'm very proud of you. I think it's the first time so, you've acknowledged that I was right. <laughs> well, you – so it was a – I, I think it's a
1: precedent. It might be a precedent now is what we're seeing, but I still think it's stupid. Well, that doesn't matter. Precedent doesn't care about your opinions. Well, I'm trying to think logically, and it's like, okay, these teams, like how many, how, how many, how many times do they have to learn? And the Phillies didn't even learn with signing Jake Arrieta. You signed these Tier 2 pitchers to contracts that are obviously less than the Tier 1 guys, but a lot of money, it usually comes back to bite you in the ass.
2: Well, Arietta was uh, arguably a Tier 1 guy, but then he had, for that one no, no. year with the Cubs, and then he had a... a one year, uh,
1: exactly. He had one year, and then but he was, he was a Tier 2 guy. Uh, the other pitchers I use as examples, Johnny Cueto, Jeff Samarja, you Darvish. Johnny
2: Cueto uh, was pa- arguably a Tier 1 guy also.
1: Okay. So Marja and Quito are different areas. But they're well. not, those guys are not Garrett Cole. They're not Steven Strasburg. They're not CeCe Sabathia in 2009. Like, that is yeah. unequivocally tier one guy. Sure. Yes, you're going to be ponying up, but I'd rather pay for the Ferrari than, than pay for like the souped up whatever Chevy. So
2: that's the thing. Like, I, I think the way that contracts have been looked at and free agents have been looked at have, has definitely changed within the last three to four years really, because, because of the analytics. And I think because of what people are seeing and how they can manipulate uh, different things about the player that are not w- currently with them. Like, so for instance, Corbin and Wheeler, you see them on the Mets and the Diamondbacks and other teams are like, well, I see what they are and what they were this past year. But I know that when they come in my building, I can make them, you know, this much better. And I think the analytics helps that and supports that with, with a lot of things. So now what they're doing is they're actually paying guys for what they're going to be rather than what they have been. And I think that's a huge shift in mentality because Arrieta, um, even CC, to an extent, like a lot of those contracts, when you see for the pitchers, you're basically paying them for what they've been. Not as much for what, what they can be, but the the value of the contract is Essentially based on their resume. And that's definitely changed. When you look at what Wheeler has gotten, what Corbin got, freaking Avaldi, even the numbers that he got, like this is all what you maybe Avaldi actually is a bad example because he actually probably got that contract because that he was, was basically stupid. a thank you. Yeah.
1: That was a thank you for pitching nine innings in an eighteen inning World Series game. I also
2: think that the, the the arrogance of the Red Sox is very apparent because they thought that they were gonna make him better than he actually is. So either way, the um, the point is that guys are getting paid more now, I think, based on what they can be. Um, and that's just where the market is now, which you can argue is the right thing to do. It makes somewhat sense. If you are right, if you're you're right, if you are right with the way that you think that this player can project, um, then yeah, that makes sense. But so, but I thought teams had learned from these,
1: these guys like Zach Wheeler, who's a good pitcher, but not the best pitcher. I thought they learned, okay, don't overextend yourself for that kind of guy. Because we don't want to have to pay Zach Wheeler $23 million when he's 34 years old and struggling or injured or whatever. So, but maybe they haven't learned. I don't think they care about the back back end of the contracts anymore. What I think the Zach Wheeler contract and the Patrick Corbin contract last year tells you is that still for pitching, for top flight pitching, teams don't mess around. It's always going to demand the highest bucks. Yeah. Maybe they're going to dink around with position players because of ways. Look at what the Yankees have done with position players. There's just a, there's the just depth, a lot
2: more uh, areas where you can depth, fill in position players.
1: The depth that Brian Cashman has been able to find by just cherry-picking guys from other minor league systems. Gio Mike Talkman, Luke Voigt. These are all minimum wage guys. Yeah. Minimum salary guys. Not minimum wage. Minimum baseball for, salary for guys. Who are... Adding value to the team, they're not the best player on the team, but they're part they're of the very, cog. They're, they're a part cog of the in the machine. System. Yes.
2: So the whereas for pitching one on one baby, p- but pitching, the Garrett Coles of the world, that still plays. Yes, that is worth the cash. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's you see a guy like Garrett Cole and and uh, you look at what he can be and what he's been. So he's getting paid basically off both right? Because he's shown it now. He's shown for the past two years that he is that guy and he's only 29 years old. So you're getting a guy now that has proved it, that he's the the best pitcher in baseball. And now you're, and you're also getting him at a very good, um, age. You're getting him, uh, pretty much at a time where he hasn't worked that hard for a guy that's 29 years old. So it's the perfect, it's the perfect storm. So when you're looking at ranking free agents, you could, you definitely put this in, in, in his, uh, candidacy as, as, as part of his, um, his profile when you're ranking them. Like this guy hasn't worked as hard either. The, the mileage on his arm isn't as much as some of the, uh, some of the guys we've seen come up. Not as much as CC by, by a long shot.
1: So, so the Yankees signed Sabathia to seven years and they ended up extending him at big money for the eighth and then signing him to two, one year contracts. But let's just look at the first seven years. Cause if that's what we think that Garrett Cole is going to get seven years out of those first seven years of the Yankees, the, uh, with some, the Yankees got out of Sabathia four all-star caliber pitching seasons, a championship, and then three years that were not great on the back end of that first seven years. Would you sign up for that if that's what Garrett Cole gives you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Because you said the back end, but he was... He's still been competitive. I mean, he, he still goes out no, there. No, no, I'm
1: talking about the three years at $25 million in 2013, <clears throat> 14, and 15. He was not a good pitcher. You know why? He was a better pitcher in 16, 17, 18, and 19 yeah. than he was 13, 14, 15. Because he tried hard.
2: He, I he, think he was going through a lot. He tried hard, and he was going through, <laughs> he was going through some things that make it, make him more of a person. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. That, no, I mean, but
1: Sabathia, but, but, but you just got to look at the big seven-year contract yes. they gave him. And they got four. Well, they got a World Series in the first year. Done. Which helps That's
2: a lot. it. There's your value. Boom. That bye helps bye. a lot. End of discussion. But then they got,
1: they got ace like performance for four seasons. And I think if you can get that for Garrett Cole and $250
2: million, it's worth it. Dude, the, the, the Nationals right now are ecstatic about Patrick Corbin. They don't care about the rest of it. They just won a World Series. Corbin played an integral part of that in the, in the playoffs. Value right there alone. Was was enough? I think to justify what they did. So yeah, so you that's you, that. you get that one World Series title uh, when you either have never had one or you haven't had one in ten years. If you're the Yankees, that's it. That's your value. Your value is is gold right there. The world. If the, Garrett
1: is Cole, gold. The Yankees don't win the 2009 World Series without CC Sabathia. Correct. And if Garrett Cole pitches the Yankees to a World Series in 2020,
2: okay. yeah. It's worth it, yeah. Absolutely. Every fan will remember and, that, and we'll also look at him at 30 years old. The guy that flags fly forever has unbelievable. His, like, the more you look at Garrett Cole, the more you like break him down as a pitcher, as well. Like, just looking at his mechanics and just everything about the dude, like, it's just everything is there for this guy. Uh, his mechanics are, are freaking beautiful. Um, the way that he, the way that he, uh, you know, goes through his motion. It's just it's it's it looks like it could just be sustained for a very long time. Like he's got the this is the, this he's does got not the physique. matter. The physique, yeah. Well I, was you, that, say that. I know he's you love that. The, you want to see that horse yeah. ace guy? He fits your mold as an ace. Uh, as Don't far as, like, lie to the way me. You
1: like that too? Those the. Oh, big there's no doubt. There's, out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You want to you want to see the the thick bottom, big pitchers. country strong dude that's coming out there. Even though he's from California, do you want to see him? You want to see that big guy out he there? He looks like could, a
1: redneck from Texas. Let's be real.
2: Yeah, can we? Yeah, he he could be he could play that part. I mean, he's just he's exactly what you think of as a as a front line number one. Fits the mold.
1: Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it or sorry, honey, the Yankees are on and Aaron judges up and it's bases loaded and I'm very busy right now and I'll be there in about five or 10 minutes, both Roman and it's easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com BlueWire and complete an online visit erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle but now there's roman complete an online visit today to get connected with a real doctor and take care of it and it's all done from the privacy of your own home online just go to roman.com slash blue wire to get free the free online visit and free two-day shipping that's get roman.com slash blue wire for the free visit to get started get roman.com slash blue wire so on Saturday night, Peter Gammons had himself a night on Twitter. <laughs> he he was first confirming Garrett Cole to the Yankees. He was talking about Garrett Cole signing with the Yankees as if the Yankees PR had already announced it. He was like, when Garrett Cole pitches in New York next season, they'll be getting him for blah, 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 blah. And everyone was like, what the hell are you talking about, Peter Gammons? Because you see the name Peter Gammons, oh, that's a Hall of Fame baseball writer. Yeah. This is one of the most respected baseball writers of the last... Four decades. I don't know how long he's been writing. He's like probably probably longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. So he like he covered Babe Ruth. And (laughs) and so you see that, you're like, oh my God, the Yankees are gonna get Garrett Cole. And then he starts retweeting Donald Trump talking about how he loves 666 666 and something about pilots on 9-11. And you kind of lose me, Peter Gammons, when you follow up your Garrett Cole to the Yankees stuff with 666 and 9-11 talk.
2: I don't know what he's doing. This is obviously an uh, an old man without a filter and just he just goes and that, you know, that's that's his right. Or does
1: he not understand how Twitter works?
2: That's well, I don't think he understands the magnitude possibly of Twitter, but the um that, that it's the amount of people that it's reaching possibly. It's like you're, you know, your parents are going on there like sending a I forget who I compared this to, but it's, you know, your parents are like trying to send a, a direct message to you, but put it on your Facebook wall. Like that's just that's what Peter Gammons does.
1: So I my mom doesn't very rarely listen to this podcast, so she won't hear. But every time I FaceTime with her, I always just get like an the eyeball. On top of
2: it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's always like a cheek and an eyeball is what I'm looking at. I'm like, Mom, you got to hold the phone a little <laughs> bit further away. Come on.
2: Bevan's mom tweeted or sent uh, something on Facebook, and I forget what it said. It was. Um... <laughs> It was hilarious. It was something about like dancing in the rain. I don't even know what it was, but it, all I saw, it was like a, you know, one of those like pictures that people read that resend on Facebook that, that are uh, like yeah. shared like throughout old people love it's like chain letters, it's like a chain memes. letter thing. Yeah. And all yeah. I saw was like, uh, dancing, uh, dancing naked and I love dancing naked or something like that. I don't know what the hell it said, but it was like, it was only half of the picture and it's something out that it was something following naked, like in the moonlight or something like that, that made it a little bit more normal, even though it's not normal.
1: And all I saw was. Oh, so all you could see was I love dancing naked. Yeah, yeah that's
2: all you could see. <laughs> and I'm like, what is, she, what is your mom doing?
1: This is Bevan's mom? Yeah, yeah. She'll, yeah, not what you want to see on your mother in law's Facebook page.
2: No, she occasionally listens to this too, so I really hope she didn't listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So that's well, my story. Yeah, okay. So she took Peter it, Gammons. She took it down. I was like, uh, let's, let's take that down.
1: Peter Gammons might not understand how Twitter works. But I, th- I just think that, I don't know if he's maybe had a few cocktails last night and was just spitballing on Twitter. Who knows? But again, this comes back to the smoke. Because all these writers are saying Yankees are the leading contender. So I don't know what this means. The winter meetings start today, Sunday. I do think there's going to be a, quote, bidding war at the winter meetings, I know you say, what does that matter? What's the difference? Like today today and
2: yesterday doesn't mean,
1: well, you could just call Brian Cashman and Scott Boris could be on the phone with all these GMs just like, but I think being there in person where, you know, Scott Boris is going from room to room to room negotiating for his client. I think that does play. And I think Boris, that is Boris's playground. Like that is what he wants to be in. But the thing is, is, there's can, only
2: there's only really a few teams that are involved in this. So wh- it's all all it takes is a few. But that's the point. If they're all known. Like, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do drumming up anything? We all know it's going to be a record contract. We all know it's going to be a, a max out year thing. It's going to be seven or eight years. Eight years again would be would be a new precedent. So. You're looking at this. You already kind of know what's involved. You already know the players involved. So I think a lot of these these negotiations and like drumming up, I think the bidding war has already started. Like That already happened. We know who's in it. The Angels, the Dodgers, and the um, the Yankees. And maybe some other random team that's not talking about it. But who knows? But we know where the numbers are going to be. You know you, where right, you because have to you, be. Garrett Cole you at this keep... point. Hold on. Garrett Cole is going to be making a decision based off of where he wants to play to win. If, that's a, if that matters to him, and lifestyle. His wife is going to be telling him where he wants to live and do all these things. I was listening to um, Ruko and CeCe on their last podcast. like That was a big deal in CeCe's decision-making on when he come to New York. Did he want to go to New York for a, a period of time? Did he want to move his entire family there? Because that was happening. And what he said is one of the big... The big reason why he dis- he signed with the Yankees was uh, because they gave him an opt-out. And the reason that was big for him was because now now I have a big decision to make, but if I don't like it and my family doesn't like it, I can move on. And that was a big deal to him. And from what he's talking about, that part of the decision making in the back end the family part, the lifestyle part, the winning part is a huge deal. And when you're already talking about this amount of money, it's a lot of money. I understand. Uh, and, And you know, the difference between $10 million to anybody else in the world is a huge deal. But I think when you're talking about that, you got to be happy and you got to make sure your family's in a good place as well. And I think that's going to really come down to the decision making.
1: And there's been stuff out there that the Yankees feel Cole prefers the Los Angeles team because he's a California guy. I don't know if that's coming from Boris's camp, if that's coming from the Yankees, if they're just putting that out there just in case. They don't get him. Well, he's also told be... them,
2: from these are all, I, I hate talking about reports, but from what they, from what we've heard, what he said to them, from what he said, that he said, this is like a game of telephone, is, um, is that that doesn't factor into it. He's assured them it doesn't factor into it.
1: What do you think is going to be, is, do you, it, I think it's top dollar
2: gets him. Again, I, I think the top dollar, oh, we saw this with Wheeler. I mean, this, this just happened. Zach Wheeler signed with the Phillies and the Phillies were not his highest offer, but the, the White Sox came in at the highest offer, but he wanted to go to the Phillies, his wife's from Jersey. Uh, and he wanted to be closer to his wife's family, I guess that was part of the decision-making wasn't the highest money. But when you're talking about that amount of money, you're good. So you got to make sure that you're happy too. And you're in a place that you could sustain all the other stuff that goes on. And when you have a wife and children, I don't know if, if Cole has kids, but when you're talking about that side of it, it's a huge decision, and that's a huge part of what you're going to do. Because if your family's not happy and, and good where you're going, what's the point? Because now you're going to be unhappy.
1: Right. All We all sit at home and say, well, why wouldn't you want to live in New York or live in the suburbs of New York? But When you're not, not used to from, it. Like, we're different. all from here. Yeah. we We all are used to it, and we would love to do it. But a California kid who then has pitched in Pittsburgh and Houston – might not be into that.
2: Well and also do you wanna do you want to be like a bi coastal guy? Do you want to have your family still in LA and then work in New York, you know, most of the time? Or is is this decision going to be look, we're relocating our family to wherever we go because it's gonna be a long term contract and we're gonna get all in on the community. These are all big decisions and it's not just a Garrett Cole decision. It's everybody behind him too. Do you
1: fear at all that Garrett Cole won't be able to handle the New York no. New York spotlight? He doesn't
2: seem like that kind of guy at all. Yeah. He seems like someone who's just very even keeled and I don't think it matters. I don't think that matters to him. I mean, we saw him pitch in New York just fine.
1: (laughs) Well, right. Also, I mean, I know Houston is not, Houston media is not the New York media, but Houston has been the it team in baseball for the last three seasons. And he pitched on two of those teams with the spotlight on them. And I know the spotlight has now changed on Houston. But he's also pitched in Yankee Stadium. But.
2: As a member of the Astros coming in with the other side.
1: Well, that's different though than pitching as no, that's different. I understand that, but
2: he's in the moment, like he's a big game guy. I don't think much yeah. matters to him.
1: No, but the, but when people talk about if someone can pitch or perform in the New York media, it's not can they perform in New York against the New York team? It's can they handle the criticism that comes with failing on the New York team? Yeah, no everyone fails, everyone fails at some point. You, no matter how good you are, you're going to have a bad start. You're going to have a bad game. You're going to go 0 for 5. You're going to get Garrett Cole didn't
2: in 2019.
1: <laughs> but you know what I mean. There will If the Yankees sign Garrett Cole, there will be a, a start next year where he struggles. Yeah. And Backpage has something stupid written about him. Yeah. And we we crush him on the podcast. And, and radio callers are calling up WFAN to Francesa, waking his ass up, being like, I can't believe the Yankees signed him for $250 nah, million. No, man, Francesa's
2: done. That's it.
1: Can Garrett Cole handle that? That is what we're yes,
2: talking about. Yes, he, yes, he can handle that. Okay, he's not a mental. Do midget. you
1: do you think that you can't use the M word? Do you think that the Yankees, if they
2: don't get Cole, if they miss out on Cole, is their backup plan Strasburg? That's a good question. I think at this point, at this point, uh, it almost has to be. I think they. I don't think they can leave. You think so? Yeah, because I don't think. They, I think at this point, they got to sign a pitcher. And now see, that I think see, that would be risky. See to me, I think when you're looking at you in Wheeler, I would rather Wheeler much. Me too, as, as, like, because of age. And so Wheeler
1: Strasburg's going to get 170, 180 million dollars yeah. for five or six years, right? Four to five years, I'd say. Five He's years,
2: five more years. than yeah, four probably. years. F- depending five on years. the Five years. Let's is. call it five years.
1: What's it's? Let's call it five years at 32 million dollars or whatever. Oh, I don't think it's million. Right? That's
2: a lot. Um He just won the World Series MVP. Again, we're, we're basing things off of what we're... But like stay with us here. We're, he, we're, 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 we're going to pay you what you're going to do. He's, but he's a you're different Strasburg guy, though. He's been and ass, so I know.
1: So many injuries. He's older. He's in his, his 30s already. Like dog shit. That's why I'm concerned with signing... I Just give me... Again, go back. Give me Cole. Pay the extra for Cole versus paying also top dollar for Strasbourg who might break down, Yeah. Who might is more of a risk, I think if that is their backup plan, if they immediately turn to Strasburg and say, okay, here's 80% of the money we were going to give to Garrett Cole, I think they'd get in trouble. I mean, obviously, I'd
2: still... They need to do it at this point. I think they need to, they need to add a frontline guy. And they, look, if they could get, like we just talked about, if you can have Steven Strasburg, and he's pitching in 2020, and he's healthy, and he's dominant, and, and he, he's helping you win a World Series, then who gives a shit? What the rest, what, what happens at the end? I mean, I think that's part of the mentality. The mentality is that they got to win a World Series next year. You're, you're at 2020, 2021, they need to come out with a World Series, 2020 being obviously the most important. But I think that when they're looking at these contracts, they're looking at those two years and saying, I got to, we got to, we got to be at the top in these next two years. I don't think the window is closing by any means, but I think it's it, the urgency is definitely there for the Yankees to win.
1: So Strasbourg turns thirty two in July, this coming July. Yeah. So he that pitched means
2: young too though. He was he's he's got a hell of a lot more mileage and just, just because of injury, just bad. So news he's on two that years
1: arm. he's two years older than Garrett Cole. Yeah. So basically take take off if you're saying Cole's gonna get say Cole gets seven years, Strasbourg will get five years. Say Cole gets eight years, Strasbourg will get six years.
2: I mean, if we're looking at the, the the two years of a difference, but again, those two years those two years are a lot of mileage on that arm. That's so. my no. That's my best guess, though. Yeah, I I'd say four to five years is where Strasburg is going to be. Probably five years.
1: Five years at thirty million is one hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, baseline. That's, for a five year contract. Is what baseline for Strasburg.
2: It's probably right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if that's a smart move for the Yankees. I do think it helps them obviously in 2020, 2021. but is that leveraging yourself?
2: Here's the thing. So if, if the Yankees don't get Garrett Cole right now and they offer the most money, who are you blaming? Are you are you saying that Cashman didn't do his job or are you saying that Cole realized how much money was out there uh when you I was get to the, about that. when you get to the top end of it it doesn't it doesn't matter as much because I'm making a decision based on where I want to be. So if the Yankees make the top And do you think Mike Trout is trashing <coughs> Jersey New York area right now? Cuz I think he is. <laughs> so If the Yankees make the top bid and
1: they don't get him, I can't blame Brian Cashman.
2: Yeah, but people will say, why didn't you go above and beyond? Why didn't you then say, make the money, make the money, make the money, the difference. Yeah, make him in off, make him in off, off, you
1: can't refuse. I get it. But at a certain point, you do what you do. You offer him the most amount of money. And if he doesn't take it, there's obviously other factors at work here. Yes. If the Yankees don't offer the top money, then you can blame Brian Cashman and the
2: Yankees. Sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, I agree with that. I, Cause I do believe at the end of the day, this decision is going to be based off of Garrett Cole and where he wants to play. And, and if he wants to, if he goes to Los Angeles, if, if he goes to Anaheim, if he goes to the, whatever the hell their name of the team is, the angels, to me, that's saying, I want to play with this team. That's it. They're offering a ton of money. I want to be happy. Like this is where right, I'm going to Because
1: the, the Dodgers, you can say, well, that's a world series. If You go to the Dodgers. The angels have Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and a really stupid owner. So
2: I think that, I think that the, the Dodgers are getting very, very undershadowed here. That is a team that is probably, I think, the biggest threat to the Yankees because they're built to win right now, and they're in Los Angeles, and they have a lot of money coming off the books coming up.
1: So They're the second sexiest team in baseball.
2: Yeah. I mean, you could argue that they're the sexiest team in baseball based on the, the, the success that they've had. I still had. think the Yankees'
1: name carries the most weight in baseball. Not
2: if you live in California. <laughs> I mean, that's the bottom line. Not if you live in okay, California. I'm
1: talking from an overall worldwide perspective. Maybe. If you go to no, California or Japan Yankees... or any of these
2: places, the, the Dodgers are also huge. Okay, but they're not... And do no, you no, think no, no. Gary they're Cole gives a shit who, who, what the fan in Germany cares about or the fan in Japan? Yes. No, he doesn't. He does not his care. His wife is German. I don't care. It doesn't matter. No, his wife, his Brandon Crawford <laughs> is his wife's brother. I made that up. I don't freaking But it's know. true. Brandon Crawford, he's married to Brandon Crawford's sister. Anyway, the, um, he's, going, he's going where he wants to be happy, where he thinks he's going to be happy, where he thinks he can win. If that's what his decision, the Dodgers are the biggest threat right now. So They're a legit then, threat.
1: So might see Strasburg as plan B. And I wonder where Wheeler fit into that, if Wheeler fit into that at all. I know the Yankees were out on, on Wheeler apparently as soon as it hit $100 million. That was the reports.
2: Yeah. I think they they looked at Corbin and Wheeler potentially in the same in the same light, where similar to what you were saying, where if they're going to pay that much money, they want to go for the the guy that's that's there. But but yeah, I don't know if and, that I don't know if that logic works when you're talking about Strasburg. I don't know if it's the same. No, because because of the injury history,
1: he's Strasburg is a better pitcher than Zach Wheeler, yes. and I would put Strasburg in the tier one category. Yes. But I put him in. I understand there's a lot more very risk nervous comes with, him. Str- with Strasburg. He makes than me very that, nervous. Than.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Garrett so, Cole doesn't make me nervous. Like I think Garrett Cole is going to be a horse for at least another five years, four to five yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Like I think that yeah, you're going to get significant value out of him in the next four to five years. I
1: think if you're signing Strasburg, there's going to be seasons in which he's just a non-factor for one reason or the oh, other. Oh, yeah. And an, potentially every
2: reason. season you're going to see him like, hit the shell for a while. It's going to be one of those where it's going to be annoying as hell. Yeah, he's going to have to take the Tanaka month off. Yep, And his elbow might explode at any point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and it's certainly a risk, but I don't know. It's going to be...
2: I think the fact that Wheeler's off the board right now makes it very interesting in how they have to approach this. I think that because Wheeler is off the board and now Strasburg's really the only other guy out there that's that's notable in the sense that can make... I mean, there's other guys, but when you look at... um, non-depth pieces, impact players. I think you're looking at Cole and Strasburg and that's it. So I think that it's almost like a, a similar situation where if the Yankees don't sign Robinson Cano, they caught and send Jacoby Ellsbury. And I'm scared of that. I'm scared that Strasburg is going to be Jacoby Ellsbury.
1: Oh God. That's an insult though. I, I'm just Strasburg.
2: looking at the, looking at the two players, like what's out there and what's happening in this current situation. It's a good comp. Similar. Though. It's like, it's like eerily similar and I hate it.
1: Um, if the Yankees, if say say Cole gets eight years from the Angels and he goes to the Angels and the Yankees were matching AAV but only going up to seven, would you blame them? Yes. You'd blame them so they say they're willing to pay him $35 million but only go seven yes, years? Oh yes, yes, yes. And the Angels go at eighth year at 35. So, that, okay. You can't get so, outbid
2: right now. You cannot get outbid. Bottom line, if you have an opportunity to get. Uh, the last say, if you have an opportunity to come in there, Garrett Cole wants to be with the Yankees, but the angels are offering him eight years, $35 million. He wants to be a Yankee. You better offer him eight years and $35 million and $1, whatever it is, go prices right on them and offer one more dollar. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be at that top guy. If you're given the, because yeah, otherwise
1: you're hamstringing yourself for no reason. You, if you're, you're paying Yankees, $35 million you're, for seven,
2: you pay $35 million for eight.
1: Well, the Yankees biggest advantage is resources. They have the most resources in baseball. And if you aren't willing to use those resources, you are intentionally hamstringing yourself for no reason.
2: My point is if you're going seven, you're not really looking at number seven, even maybe number six as, as, a, as, a, as a, a, an impact year from this guy. If you get it, great. If you don't, you know, probably expect it. You better go that seventh year. I mean, honestly, after eating the contract of Jacoby Ellsbury and A-Rod for the past couple of years, you better goddamn go for another year over whoever asks it, because you just did that with two guys that weren't even on the team
0: right. for
2: two years. <laughs> so where, uh, so where do you, how do you possibly justify not going that, that eighth year? Again, never happened. This is still never happened in the, in the history of baseball as far as pitchers, but if you're. They talked about record-breaking contracts, right? That's, that, was the, that was the verbiage that we've heard. Record-breaking yeah. contracts. Record-breaking means $35 million AAV or eight years. One of those two things. Or both. Or both. Yeah, but one of those two things have to happen for it to be record-breaking. So I think something's going to
1: happen with Cole this week at the winter meetings. In '09, after the winter meetings, is when we saw the Teixeira and Sabathia dominoes fall.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, like I don't think there's much happening at the winter meetings as much. I think the winter meetings have become fluff. I mean, there's like, you know, they have. There's okay, so, so many so things I, that happen at the winter meetings with that are not just the, G, the GMs. Already had meetings first of all. No,
1: no, no. So remember that book I read, uh, the Yankee Empire. Yeah, they talked about the GM meetings and the winter meetings in like one of the first chapters. Okay. The GM meetings, which happen in November, is a boys' club. Yeah, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of guys sitting around the bar drinking expensive scotch, smoking cigars yucking it up
2: that's when you know that's when that's when relationships happen though
1: right but very little they said if this book is accurate very little gets done
2: okay but they're not in that those those rooms it's a it's a
1: weekend away for these guys i yeah but that's when you forge relationships the winter meetings is when um agents
2: are there and and you're negotiating i don't think you're negotiating I don't think there's any negotiations, not for not for guys like Garrett Cole. Those are happening in closed rooms, man, like behind closed doors. Like, yeah, obviously you get I, your I'm talking you, about like not in the area. You get your with analytics the of nerds that's together and happening, you got spreadsheets graphs and bar charts. How do you know that someone's not bugged? How do you know that <laughs> things aren't bugged? I wouldn't trust so, a goddamn thing.
1: So some other things that happen around baseball. Hamill signed with Atlanta one year, $18 million. I don't think the Yankees were ever considering him. Um... Mustakas, your guy, yeah, your plans, yeah. your 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 boo, yeah, signed Cincinnati, four your sixty million dollars. That's more than I ever thought he would get.
2: He deserves it, man. I swear he's been he's been dealing with <laughs> he's been my guy. He he deserves he deserves every penny. Of it's that. so weird that you just like developed this affection for Mike. Dude, Moustakas. I'm telling you, it goes down to that Workman's guy. Like he's the he would be the Yankee fans would. Would have loved Mike Moustakis. There would have been a, a, a good moose chick that comes back. Would he be like the left handed DJ LeMahieu? Yeah, now, I mean he doesn't he doesn't handle the bat like LeMahieu does, but he would poke it out for sure. And he's just he's just a he looks gritty, man. He's just like that gritty ass guy that will go out there and play through anything, run through a wall for you. You know, he's just he's just the guy that you can get behind. He's that he's that that blue collar type guy. I don't think he's quite as boring. Good fit for this team.
1: I don't think he's quite as boring as LeMahieu.
2: No, probably not. But Lemay, he's not boring.
1: Oh, he is boring in the best kind of way.
2: Yeah, that's that's not boring to me. I love it.
1: <laughs> no, I know that's why. Like, he's sitting in the back of the plane reading the next scouting report versus taking Instagram selfies with the rest of the team in in the in the uh, Savages shirts. But some may say boring. Others may say focused, <laughs> focused, gritty baseball player. Um, so. You know, I know he was in your, he was in your GM plans, but I I don't even think, I don't, I don't think other than Brett Gardner, I don't see any positional player movement on this team. Do you?
2: Um, I, I still, well, maybe there could be an outfielder that, that moves around at some point, but, um, okay. But I'm, I'm talking major guys. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think, I mean, the biggest, I think the biggest thing is, is DD is a DD coming back or not coming back. Yeah, that's, I don't think he's coming back. That's the biggest and thing.
1: this kind of leads me into something I also wrote uh, this week. It was Jim Bowden on the Athletic, just basically theorized a winter meetings move for every team, and the one he proposed for the Yankees was a trade with the Pirates for Josh Bell, switch hitting first baseman. Yeah. He proposed the Yankees give up Luke Voigt, Miguel Andujar, and a uh, pitching prospect who uh, Contreras, who's the ninth best prospect in the Yankees si- system. According to, I believe, Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus didn't have him ranked in the top 10. Yeah. And I was thinking about this trade. And, and the main reason Bowden said the Yankees should do this is because they need lineup balance. They are projected next year, as it stands now, opening day, to have eight right-handed hitters. The only left-handed hitter I could see starting is Breck Ardner or Mike Talkman. Everyone else is going to be right-handed.
2: Yeah, and then Hicks coming back in the middle of the season. If, if, right, but I was saying, like,
1: first half of the yeah. year. Do you do you think lineup balance was an issue for the Yankees last year?
2: I mean, not in the regular season by any means. You look at what they did in the regular season and it was not an issue. I mean, okay, but,
1: but, okay. you say not in the regular season. Did they hit 100 in the playoffs with the running scoring position because they're all right-handed? No. I don't think that was the reason. No. No, exactly. So I in the past have said a reason the Yankees need Greg Bird is because he's a left-handed hitter you can stick between the big right-handed hitters. And on paper that looks great. But using my eyeballs last year and looking at the numbers, the Yankees
2: did not have a lineup balance issue. So but the thing is is that when you when you have that that balance, it forces other decisions to potentially be made. So I mean I still like having the balance, there's no doubt. I think when you start going uh, and, and looking at splits though, there's a lot of misconceptions that can happen. I think based on, you know, righty lefty matchups, lefty righty matchups. Uh, because some guys are, you know, just better at at facing righty righty or lefty lefty than other guys are at le- lefty righty. So when you start looking at the matchups and breaking it down, I think that's where you have to make your decisions. But because um, if you have guys who can hit, you know, both both sides, then who cares? What's the difference? It really doesn't matter as much. But and Yankees hitters were able when to. you're when you're in the playoffs or when you're late in the game. Like it could force a move. You know what I mean? Like it could definitely. But again, with analytics now and the way that things are, and uh, I think those moves are. Not being made as much, and we've we've talked about this in the past. Like you're not seeing that lefty specialist happen as much anymore on teams. Like that guy, that Mike Myers, is not happening as much anymore because the analytics are telling you that it doesn't work as much. Well, also next year you got to face three batters, right? Well, you you also have another roster spot too, so you know you can maybe afford that, but. there's just, I, I think in today's age, with the amount of numbers and, and things that they have to break things down, that guy is not as valuable anymore. Plus, I mean, let's all be honest. Mike Myers was on this team to pitch to David Ortiz. <laughs> One guy, literally, he was on this usually, on this team to pitch got hit. to David Ortiz. And yet, it, it, the amount of times it didn't work would just make me furious. <laughs> um, because you see this looping guy come in that has no business being in the major leagues at this point. Yeah, so uh, it, it was infuriating. And I'm glad that's going away. Um, so, maybe the matchups lefty right, it just isn't as important anymore.
1: Well, I just, I, I when you evaluate that trade, you're basically getting a slight upgrade at first base and you're punting on Miguel Andujar. It makes no sense for the Yankees. Yeah. I'm not saying Josh Bell's a bad player, but he's a slight upgrade at first base over Luke Voigt. I think Luke Voigt can hit. I think he was injured at the second half of last year. I, That's why he didn't I hit. agree with that. So, you're getting a slight upgrade at first base and a switch hitter, which is valuable but you're basically just giving them a replacement at first base and a free third baseman yeah, or free, free something with Miguel and Duhar. So I just don't like that trade from that perspective. I'm not convinced Miguel and Duhar is going to be a Yankee for the next 10 years, but I'm not ready to punt on him.
2: Well, no, because he certainly has value as an offensive player as of right now. So, um, you know, whether it's him at third base or you look at, um, Urshela and, and, you know, who knows? Maybe that maybe they don't believe that Urshela is as sustainable. Maybe there's there's yeah. some and guys could win the job back. I could see that there's there are probably some guys in the organization that think that Hark, you know, can be much better. And I I I think that he was going to be much better of a defensive third baseman. He got hurt. Like we don't know what he could be after improving. He was still a very young player. And I know what we saw with Urshela. Like we I really like Urshela defensive uh, on the on the defensive side. And then offensively, like the guy was just nails in big situations. So it's hard to um to make any just but it's all it's a very short window of time that you'd be making that decision on, so I don't think it's the right time to get rid of vandahar at this point unless no. you have significant value to come back and I just don't see that happening
1: no Bell's not the significant value and the that trade, just to be clear was not actually there's no like there's no reports out there that's just Bowdoin putting pen on paper so.
2: it's not terrible that's it's more. not the worst thing ever, but you you're looking at paying for a top guy now um and then you know someone no you're
1: getting you're giving up two controllable corner infielders for one controllable corner infielder
2: yes but you're also That's looking it. at the he is a better player and you're also saying that one team is is banking on Edward coming back and being the guy and one team not saying that their window is, is closing and the the way that our roster shakes out it's not terrible it's not, it's it's certainly not one of the worst trades i've seen proposed i didn't like it i, I wouldn't make the trade but you know not the worst
1: who would you are you? Who would you? What would? What would you rather have? Would you rather have Bell at first base next year, or a combination of Ford and Voit?
2: Um, I'd rather have Josh Bell. If it's just that, okay. if if that's the question. Yeah, he's a better player. <laughs> he's a switch hitter.
1: I, I don't think he's that much better of a player. But you're
2: also, but you're turning the you're, now. You're turning two guys into one guy in on a roster. Like, if yeah. I can have one, honestly, I just want one first baseman. That's it. I, if, I just want one guy so I could say he's my first baseman. That's it. Is that too much to ask for?
1: It's a lot to ask for on the Yankees. Apparently the it is.
2: <laughs> Apparently it is. Because it hasn't happened since Mark Teixeira.
1: Yeah. Bell's better than, than Voight. But he's not better enough, like I said, to give up those other pieces. Okay, moving on. There was a Q&A with Matt Blake on The Athletic. Uh, Lindsey Adler wrote it. And I was reading through it. And I realized halfway through reading it, why Brian Cashman loves Matt Blake so much. He said a lot of words without saying anything important. And that is the kind of guy that Brian Cashman loves because Brian Cashman says a lot of words without really saying anything. And that is the that is the Brian Cashman speak to the media model.
2: Or it's a guy that has zero experience.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, you, he was, you could look at it both ways.
1: He was also asked about, those sorts of things. You have never actually done any in-game. <laughs> You've never actually seen what a major league ballpark <laughs> looks like. <laughs> the, he's only quote coached in-game at the high school level. Uh, yeah. How this this dude?
2: The the difference. And now and, he's and, the and, pitching coach for the New York. The Fruity difference Yankees. in the uh, the candidates for coaching slash manager positions in the major league in Major League Baseball has so changed in the last five years. Nerd oh, from high school, oh God, or Larry Rothschild. Like that's, I think when Dusty Baker got uh, exiled from the Nationals, that was like the last straw. They're like, "Old guys are gone. We're we're now just putting our fists down. Like no more, no more." Give me the, the guy that has done nothing that has potential over any of these old guys that have ever managed in the major leagues.
1: Yeah. Well, he, he's, he was very upfront about not having any experience, but he's like, well, he, well, he, that's better, he better be upfront
2: <laughs> about it. It's, it's, just a, it's a clear reality. But he's clearly
1: intelligent as far as the pitching technology yes. and mechanics yes. and everything that goes into the advanced pitching world now. He is, He's a savant when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. And I think what the Yankees are going to surround him with is a support system to be able to coach, right? Yeah. Until he gets his experience and gets his bearings. I think that was a reason why Larry Rothschild stayed. It was a reason, I think. Definitely. Because yeah. Boone comes in from the ESPN booth, player, ESPN booth, manager. Never managed at any level before. Yeah. They, I mean. they kept Rothschild there as someone who had had a lot of experience in a dugout. Now, two years later, he's out bringing in another raw guy.
2: It just—it so. just, I think it just shows how much technology is a, such a big part of it. And I, I just don't – the value of a guy being in a dugout for um, X amount of years now is just – it's not a, a big thing in anybody's mind anymore. It's just not. Uh, it's, 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 it's how you can deal with these players, how you can relate to the players, how you can adjust with the new things that are happening in baseball and, uh, and, and how you can, you know, I, the, I think the relationships in game is the biggest thing.
1: Yeah. And he talked about, so he has a psychology and a philosophy background yeah, and he talked about how the philosophy helps him dig deeper into finding root causes beyond surface level. There might be something deeper in why this pitcher is struggling. And the psychology helps him deal with all the different personalities that you experience in a major league organization.
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying anybody remembers so what did they did he take, in college. Did he take Psych 101 oh, yeah. and now he thinks oh, yeah. he's like Everybody Socrates? Everybody remembers what they what they've learned in college all the time. <laughs> it's just, it's just such a load of bullshit. The, the guy knows how to read analytics. The guy knows all of the um he knows the the way that the cameras work he knows how to translate that i think that his maybe that helped him early on develop um, a method of communicating with players whatever it is he knows how to communicate with players players like him they gravitate towards him a lot of the guys that have worked with him uh, you have in the notes here uh, and we've seen heller's worked with him and uh king has mike worked king with
1: him, right so yeah so heller when he was with cleveland Yep. And Mike King is from Rhode Island. He's from the Northeast. He went to Boston College, and then that's where... Um,
2: Cressy. Cressy's yeah, in the Northeast, Cressy. too. So, yeah, So you have these guys, and then Bauer has been outspoken about uh, his relationship and, and how he's worked with uh, with some of the players. So this is a guy that clearly gets it. it doesn't... Clearly Bauer's gets it.
1: a guy, though, who would lo- probably loves everything Matt Blake has to talk but about. But
2: if you could talk to Bauer and make a difference and actually like get through to a guy named Trevor Bauer, that says something, doesn't it? If you can actually relate to and actually get through and communicate effectively to a guy like Trevor Bauer. No,
1: see, I I think Trevor Bauer is more likely to buy into all this advanced pitching stuff than...
2: you got to deliver it to him, though, in a way that that makes him do that because he's definitely his own guy. He doesn't really take much bullshit, I have a feeling. I just have a feeling he's very particular about the way that he does things. Right, but if you can prove to him him, him something works, he's probably all But you got to be able to do that. Larry Rothschild couldn't do that could prove
1: Larry Rothschild couldn't figure out how to turn the machine on I mean
2: look communicating these things to a to a player is 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 a huge part Lindsay and Adler and I were when we talked about um Blake when he first came on that was a big thing that that you know we were both talking about got to be able to communicate all this new stuff to the guys in a way that's effective enough for them to actually implement it and have success very big difference and in, in just like you know looking at hey move your arm up move your elbow action here move your hands down like those are different things
1: Anything else uh, you want to discuss before we move on to out of left field? That was a big hit last week with the little Keurig saga.
2: Yeah, no, it was, um, I, I, think it's, I think it just tells everybody to, uh, to, if they see your profile and offer up, to back up. Don't buy. Buyer beware. And, now, oh, and I, think, I think Leanne now is, is also targeted, unfortunately, because of you
1: that
0: out as Sanchez destroys that to left field there it goes deep to left really deep in the air to left field back at the track at the wall we are tied
1: I pissed on a public building yeah Yeah. so this week's out of left field I I feel like it's poetic that the squirrels waited until we had this segment on the podcast they were definitely a triumphant return to your life
2: so there's so the reason one one of the big reasons we started doing this segment was because um you know early on when we when we did this show I think that we 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 definitely talked more about um things that were happening in in our everyday life because it was just it became therapy Well the Yankees for us. were less
1: interesting back in 2016. Yeah,
2: but you know you start doing this for long enough I and mean, this is what 393 we've done a lot of episodes you start getting into uh Yankees like immediately. So we're going to back it up a little bit and start Getting more into things that piss us off and, and, and quirky, weird things that, that have to do with why we are who we are. So let me tell you this, it kind of all started with the squirrels back in the day. What was this? Th- two years ago? Two, no, two and a- 2016. 2000, holy shit. Three years yeah. ago. So the reason the squirrels became a thing, I work from home. I heard scratching. I'm going to go, I'm going to do a, give a little backstory. So everybody has kind of a baseline on where this came from. I heard scratching on my house. I went outside, or no, the first thing I heard was scratching in my kitchen. I heard it. It was very loud. I was very concerned. It sounded like something was inside in some sort. So I started banging on the wall and like trying to get something to move (laughs) and like scurry. And I heard scurrying and like a lot of it. It sounded like it was uh, in in my soffit under the roof line on the first floor and and exited. Like I heard and then gone. I'm like, son of a bitch, there is something in the house. I don't know how far in the house it is. So when I heard it again, I had to recreate it. I had uh, I had Bevan go outside. I told her to go out to the to the street to look on the side of the house. You used your wife as bait? And yeah, she just had to look outside and see what came out. And um, so I started banging on the wall and sure as shit, a squirrel pops out. So I'm like, great, we got squirrels. So I had a... There was a um, like a vent. There's a vent on their soffits. That's what happens in a, in a house. So they, there's no moisture and mold that happens. So I had to... Pa- I, I literally had to like put... Um, metal mesh on this thing because I started off with plastic. It got through that it scratched through the goddamn plastic and got back into the soffit. So I had to go to metal, put the metal up there with like heavy screws to get in there. It tried to go, it would hang down from the roof line and just scratch and scratch. This is my first incident with squirrels in the sense of them becoming just a menace to society and a menace to my life. Um, so the metal actually kept them out. I was like, ha, I won bitch. You're not coming into my soffit anymore. Squirrel's like, oh yeah? Guess what? I'm going to go to the same place on the roof line, but I'm going to do it on your second story. So this was like above my garage on the first floor by my garage. Now the squirrel, the next day, I hear scratching. I'm like, where the hell is it coming from? He's back up top in the same spot in the roof line, scratching through. I'm throwing rocks at this son of a bitch. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like just trying to get him away. Long story short, I finally got him away from, from the one area after he scratched through it, because I had to put, he scratched through it. I had to go up and do the same thing. I put foam. I put like this rat poison stuff up there to, I'm trying to, it's now my life. It's livelihood. not even a rat, but rat poison will kill it. It's a rat with a fluffy tail is what it is. Yeah, that's true. The, um, so now it's my livelihood. Like this guy is now causing like significant damage to my house, the squirrel. And now it's, it's him versus me. I'm out there with a BB gun shooting this thing. I'm shooting the squirrel with a BB gun. You can picture this. Me hiding behind a tree. You put on some camouflage. up to the squirrel so that he doesn't, because he's looking for me. I swear to God he's looking for me. And shooting uh, the squirrel with a BB gun. I hit him three times. I saw blood on the back of the squirrel. <laughs> the next day, he's on the other side scratching again. Is you sure it's the same squirrel? Same squirrel. I could see the blood. I could see the damage. So that's that's Better how the squirrel thing started. To. Eventually, like he just gave up. He's like, I'm just going to go to someone else's house because, yeah, I don't want to get shot. Because anymore. this guy is literally outside with a BB gun and shooting me. So squirrel saga ended for I thought hopefully forever. This past week, the squirrels came back. Three years later, and I, I don't know what I'm. I don't know later. if I'm dealing with like with like. The revenge of, of like yes, the children.
1: that squirrel.
2: Am I? I'm yes. dealing. Yeah. Apparently, I had to take out the <laughs> entire family of squirrels because now the kid's coming back. He's like, I'm going to avenge my father, who might have, who might have died in a in a lonely death somewhere in a hole. I, I, look, you could judge me for all I want. F that squirrel. I don't care what happens to him. Now me is could my this livelihood. Be the same squirrel versus no, it's not the same squirrel. How long do squirrels live? I don't know. That one, hopefully not that long. But my wife came out uh, two weeks ago and said, I just saw a squirrel uh, sitting on the, on the wheel of your car, of your truck. I have a pickup. Uh, I saw him sitting on the wheel. I'm like, okay. That means he was probably either just chilling there like to get away from the elements or he's made a home. Cause that's where my head goes. This week, I have a gas leak in my truck. A gas leak that is, I, I go out and I take Maddie to the vet. I come back. I parked the truck in the garage, in the uh, driveway. I smell gas. I'm like, what is that? I, my garage door was open. I was like, maybe it was just like, you know, coming from one of the gas cans that I was using. And that's what I'm, I chalk it up for that. We go out to get a Christmas tree last week, uh, um, this weekend. And when we, when we, after we leave, I smell it. I'm like, great. I smell it. I got my family in the car. Like, this isn't good. Gas leaks are not good. <laughs> so I I go back. Back into the driveway, just, just to make sure that I'm not driving around with a gas leak because you have one spark and you're in big trouble. Um, I take it in the next day uh, to, to my guy. They pull, they drop the tank, pull the lines out, the fuel line, because we're trying to find the source of the leak. Sure as shit, there is a gash in my fuel line, one of the fuel lines, um, that is leaking gasoline. Around that gash, there are other marks. Whether they're chew marks or they're scratch marks, I think they're claw marks because these guys have razors on their hands, or their paws, or whatever the f, f they are. And this Definitely this dude paws. went this <laughs> claws. This guy went in there, and uh, and and did enough damage. He chewed through. He chewed I think it he out. gashed through. I think I've he never just heard of that. He just sliced it. He just sliced it. And apparently, from what my mechanic, I don't know if this is true or not. But apparently the lines now, or when this, when my, uh, when my truck was made, the lines are have like are soy based, like the, the plastic and rubber that is the outside, just the, the material that is used for these, mm-hmm. for these, uh, these hoses are soy based in some elements. So there, apparently this has happened in the past. Interesting. And yeah, the squirrel, maybe that ca- has come back. Could
1: that cat, I mean, could the, could the squirrel be vegan? That's why
2: aren't all squirrels squirrels, vegan. They eat nuts. They don't eat meat. No. Squirrels aren't attacking your dog. <laughs> they eat nuts. Maybe, do they eat mice? No, they eat freaking nuts and berries. When have you seen a squirrel attack an animal? That doesn't happen. I don't know. No, that doesn't happen. There's not many squirrels in the city. That doesn't happen. This, uh, so, yeah. So, so, apparently the squirrel has come back and avenged his father's death or his brother or someone in his, in his family has come back and is now just, is just, is just effing with me with my truck. And it was $1,500 worth of damage. That, yeah. $1,500 worth is. of damage because it takes a lot to drop the tank. And we had to replace the fuel pump because the lines were like basically stuck on there. Like they were. Like, How do you prevent that, though? You shoot the goddamn squirrel and you kill the family. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I, I'm, gonna, look, I'm on a... Look, I'm on the be inside. I I don't care if PETA comes out and gets me. I don't care if people are, are offended <laughs> no, by PETA, this. PETA doesn't care about squirrels. I have a problem. I have a problem with you when you are affecting my livelihood. And now... You're on my property affecting my vehicle. It's
1: costing you $1,500. $1, time. You could have killed your family if you had a spark in truck.
2: Yes. This is bad news. So, so yeah, the squirrels have, have now you need cut to a set line a and crossed a line. You need to set a trap. It's Dude, the, I, the amount of squirrels that are at my house is, is pretty high. Pretty high. There's a lot of squirrels. There's got to be a nest somewhere. I got, there are nests everywhere. I have a lot of trees. There's a lot of trees. I'm, I have a... A lot of trees on my, on my, uh, I have like, what was that movie? I'm on a corner what lot and I have about, you know, a little under an acre worth of like yard and there's probably 20 tall trees.
1: You ever see that movie with, I believe it was Matthew Broderick. He bought like an old house and there was like a, a rat or a mouse that was like terrorizing
2: him. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I-
1: That's like, that's like you with the squirrel. Yeah.
2: It's like Funny Farm, man. I don't know if you've seen the movie Funny Farm with Chevy Chase. No. That's a great movie. You should watch that movie. If anybody hasn't seen that movie, it, I don't know, when early 90s, something like that. It's hilarious. It's it's basically a guy that Chevy Chase, who's a sports writer, moves from the city out into the burbs and lives in like Vermont. Oh, so it's very similar. Yeah. He lives he lives out in like, a, 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 I think he's in, um, he goes from Boston out to the, 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 the country and somewhere in New England. Anyway, he buys a house and just deals with all of the things that come with living in the country. He battles <laughs> with like the, the mail truck driver because they're crazy and throw his mail out. It's just a hilarious movie. So yeah, that's what I feel. I feel like Chevy Chase and Funny Farm. Can you get
1: Maddie to take care of the dogs situation? No, take care I, of the squirrel situation? Because
2: Maddie, Maddie chases squirrels. She's on the squirrel hunt and she has not caught the squirrel yet. She's come damn close. So when Maddie gets out, they look for Maddie. As soon as they hear the door like turn, they know Maddie's coming out because Maddie yeah, will think dark. that's...
1: I think that's what you need to do. You need to get her to. But she, do but, some but all they gotta do
2: is stay above. Above the ground, and, and Maddie's useless.
1: Set up like fake Maddies around the yard <laughs> yeah, so but, they get so they get scared. <laughs> that's not a bad idea.
2: I, I, I really might need to start doing like the square, the scarecrow equivalent for squirrels.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a listener out there has dealt with this problem before. or You could just go on Reddit and find some solutions.
2: My, these squirrels are different. I don't know what it's to tell you. I got squirrels. It. There are certain families in, in the world of people who are different. This family of squirrels is different.
1: <laughs> All right, very good. Um, Scott versus the Squirrel Saga. Three years later, it's it's still ongoing. It's going to do it for this week. Hopefully, uh, I know you're traveling this week for work, which means some giant Yankees news will happen. But yeah, uh, I fly, I fly to week.
2: Seattle in, in like three hours, so I, I fully expect Garrett Cole to sign soon to go on the plane. Yeah,
1: hopefully next week we're talking about Garrett Cole and uh, anything else that goes down at the Winter Meetings. Any last words?
2: No, that's it, guys. If you have any scroll, uh, scroll, scroll help, I'm I'm wide open. Please tweet me. All right. We'll catch you next week.